Praise God. Good word. Let's all stand. <clears throat> it is what it is, and it is truth. And if you get the truth, and you get it deep within your spirit, and you realize that we have been given the victory, let's all say it. I have the victory. I love the scripture in 1 Corinthians 15 that says, uh, thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Therefore, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. We are steadfast. One more time. You know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. No matter what we see, we have the victory. We're going to be overcomers. The, the blessings of God are going to come upon us, overtake us. We're the head, not the tail. We've got so much to be excited about. But how many of you realize that sometimes you can just get tired and weary and well-doing if you're not careful? Turn to your neighbor and tell them, that does not describe me. And it doesn't describe you. I don't know if this will translate or not, but I love to read the funny papers, uh, the funny stories in the newspaper, the comics. Uh, any, can I see all the comic readers in the newspaper? First of all, how many of you don't even get the newspaper? Yeah, I realize the day and age, but about 80% of you. <clears throat> I have followed Dagwood and Blondie for all of my life. So I just, I just love to watch them and I love to, uh, to read about Beetle Bailey. And, and this one was in there the other day. I don't know if this will translate as I'll tell you the story because in character it was hilarious. But Blondie and Dagwood are, how many of you know who Blondie and Dagwood are? Okay, at least I got some of you. And they're standing there and, and Blondie's on the, on the scales and she said, honey, I lost seven pounds in the last week. And he says, no, you didn't. And she said, yes, I did. Look, right here it says so on the scales. And he said, well, the scales must be wrong because you sure don't look like it. And, and the next story is Dagwood going to work in his carpool. And all of the people are looking at him as his head is hanging down. And they're saying, Dagwood, what were you thinking when you said that? And he said, obviously nothing. <laughs> Sometimes we say things and think things that we shouldn't say and we shouldn't think, even if we think they're true. So we have the power and the authority and the dominion that God gave us. And when God spoke to me years ago to go to Tulsa, and I'm going to have you be seated in just a minute, but to go to Tulsa and you'll find the meaning for your life, I did not understand, and I did not know that God had a plan for my life. I did not know the Word of God. I did not know the power of my thoughts and the power of my confession once I lined it up and tuned it in to God's wavelength. But once we got out there, still not knowing while I was there, I heard this message that sounded really funny to me. And, it's, and it was like this, if I will think like God and speak like God and act like God, all of the blessings of God will come upon me and overtake me because he wants me to be like he created mankind to be. How many of you that sounds a little far-fetched? Maybe not so much now, but every once in a while it's like, you mean God wanted me to be just like him? That was God's original plan. And in Genesis chapter 1, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But tonight we're going to talk about the power of your confession. You control your destiny. 
God has a plan for your destiny, but if you don't line up with God's plan, you will be on and off the road. The truth will not prevail in your life because you will start to think things you shouldn't think, say things you shouldn't say, and do things you shouldn't do. And you are the ultimate person who is responsible for your success. If it were up to God, you would accomplish everything he wanted you to accomplish always because he would take care of it. But because we don't line up with God in every area and facet of our life, the blessings of God and the plan of God doesn't always get us where he wants us to be. And we can all say amen to that. So let's say, oh, that was a weak amen. We can all say, amen. so let's say it. The word of God, word of God is, truth. is truth. If I live the word, I, live the word. I will be blessed. And if I don't, I won't. You got it. Tell your neighbor, you got it. If you have your Bibles, turn to your favorite scripture and we'll start there. Glory to God. Good to have you here. We're going to, uh, I'm going to paraphrase this message because truthfully, when I shared that earlier about going to Tulsa, I thank God for the First Assembly of God here in Lafayette, Indiana, and Pastor Charles Hackett, who's now retired. He's a wonderful man of God. And that's where I was saved in his office. And I heard a great message there that really helped set me free, but there was more that God had. I didn't understand the word of faith. Uh, I didn't understand the uh, power of confession. I didn't understand what the Holy Spirit meant in our lives. I didn't understand that God had a plan and a purpose for every person on the face of the earth. If you fulfill God's plan, he'll love you. If you don't fulfill God's plan, he'll love you, but he will not bless you unless you do what he's called you to do. You just will not be blessed. And every single one of you, I can show you from a, a, a show of hands right now who the biggest problem is in your life. Are you ready? Okay. Turn to your name and say, I'm ready. And then turn back and say, why did I come tonight, huh? Okay. How many of you know that you know that you know that God wants to bless you and you really believe that? Can I see your hands? Okay, now put your hands down. How many of you know that as long as you do whatever God tells you to do based on his word and his Holy Spirit, you know that his blessings are going to come upon you and overtake you? Can I see your hands? How many of you know that from time to time you just don't do what God wants you to do? Can I see your hands? Now turn to your neighbor and say, we have identified the problem. The problem is between our ears and, or somewhere up there, and it is with our mouth, with our thoughts, with our mouth, and with our actions. This happened to me one time. We had a girl, happened to be, her name was Thelma, by the way, uh, out in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And Thelma always had a problem. She just, uh, when, uh, Thelma always had a problem. And uh, one day she came in, and, and we were all intern students at the time, and she said, oh, Bill, I got a problem, I got a problem. And she told me this problem, and it was like the umpteen hundredth problem she had had. And I said, I said, Thelma, there's no hope for you. She said, there's always hope. And I said, there is no hope for you. You just live in a world of problems. There was never going to be hope for you. But if you want to live in a world of solutions, there would be hope. Well, I want to live in a world of solutions. Then stop confessing your problems, start speaking the word of God, and the power of God will go into play. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Now, in the beginning, 
God created mankind. Do you know that even though you're many generations removed from the original creation, good to see you, my darling. That handoff was so smooth tonight. I just told Jennifer I was really sorry for that, but that's okay. But we did good. You, you are created in the image of God to fulfill God's destiny and God's plan for you on this earth. Genesis 1.26. God created, I don't, I don't know if God was lonely or what. And I, and I don't say that to be funny, but he created mankind because he wanted to fellowship with man. He wanted to be with us. And, and so he created mankind in his image so that we would have total dominion over everything on the face of the earth. If that's true, and that's your, your time to say, and it is, okay, if that's true, oh, that's a weak, a sluggish. If that's true, very good. If it's true, I'm glad you got that. And it is. Then what happened? What happened to mankind if we're supposed to be in charge? Why is the world is in such a mess as it is today? Could it be that mankind, not the devil, he's out to kill, steal, and to destroy, but could it be that mankind got out from under God's control when God said, I'm going to put you in control, I'm paraphrasing all of Genesis 126, but I'm going to put you in control, and you will have authority and dominion over everything on the face of the earth. All you got to do is line up with my will, my plan, and it will be there. Now, it was impossible. Everybody say impossible. It was impossible for mankind to do anything and think anything that wasn't God's thoughts. That's the way it was in the beginning. You couldn't think anything that wasn't a thought of God. Everything was based on God and being exactly like God. But then when the devil came and he tempted Eve, and then Eve shared the same thing with Adam, then they begin to have the knowledge then of good and evil. In other words, free will of good or evil begin to reign. How many of you realize you have free will? Turn to your neighbor. Three hands went up. Thank you very much. Glory to God. We've got a brain dead group here so far. How many of you know that you have knowledge of good and evil? Glory to God. They're getting it. Okay. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's the problem. If you didn't have a thought that would ever enter your mind that would be contrary to the will of God, what would you think all the time? One person got it so far. Let's all say it. The will of God. This is a participation service. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're all going to participate. Just turn back to him. Say, humor him along. He'll be gone an hour and a half. Okay. But what we do is we get to the point when we think, God wanted me to think like him. God wanted me to act like him. So therefore, how do I do that since everything seems to be messed up in my life or the things in the world that I see? You can focus on the good or you can focus on the bad. If you focus on the good, you're going to be doing what God wants to do because God's not giving up on this earth. God is going to have his plan. Everything God wrote in this word is going to come to pass. Now, I'm going to share some things with you real briefly here as an overview, and then I'll give you a few scriptures. But in the beginning, and you have it in front of you right there, whatever God said, it came to pass. You'll see it in Genesis chapter 1. You'll see it in verses 3, I think 5, 7, 9, 11, whatever it is. It's right. You all have a handout, by the way? Anybody that does not have a handout? Okay. You have the scriptures in front of you, so I'm not going to take time to read all those scriptures, but 
you can, you can say this part, okay. And it was. And it was. One more time. And it was. Oh, or it was so. It was so. That's what I said. Uh-huh. Okay, it was so. It was so. One more time. It was so. so God said. It was so. That was weak. And God said. It was so. Whatever God said. It was so. So God apparently had the ability to speak anything he wanted, and that's what it was. And it was good. <clears throat> and he made us in his image so that whatever Adam spoke, whatever Eve spoke, it became that. Adam named all the things on the face of the earth. Whatever he said it was, it was. I mean, you could go out and look at a dog and you just say, that's a truck. That's what it would have been if he said it was a truck. But he named everything because he had that ability. Now, in the realm of the spirit, the real you is the spirit. Do you all understand that? The real you is the spirit. How many of you do understand that? Okay. So, in the realm of the spirit... We have authority in every world. We have in the world, in the natural world, and in the spiritual world, we have authority. And that authority and power and dominion is based to a great degree on, number one, who we are, and number two, what we think and what we say. And if you... I I hope this is not a silly example. I do not understand cell phones. Bad confession, but a very true confession. I know if I do this and this and this, it works the way I want it to. And if I get angry and I hit it hard or my computer, it doesn't work and they don't last. It's not like a, a, a little ball you can throw against the wall. I found that out the hard way. But I do know this. If I want to know what the weather is for Lafayette, Indiana... No matter how much I think about it or pray about it or whatever, this thing doesn't do anything. But if I ask this thing, what is the weather for Lafayette, Indiana, it tells me. And if I get upset with this lady, she tells me to cool it just a little bit. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I've tested her a few times. I don't know how she fits in there, but she's in there. And, and so... What happens is this was programmed and made a certain way that if I will say weather for Lafayette, Indiana, it will tell me. But if I won't do it the way it was programmed, it won't work. But if I'll follow the instructions, it works every single time. I've never had this not work when I say weather Lafayette, Indiana. Now, That may be a silly example to you, but you were made and programmed and hardwired by God to know nothing but good and to follow his will forever. However, because of the fall in the garden and partaking of the tree that shouldn't be taken of, mankind then had a will activated of good and evil, but God's plan never changed. Turn to your name and tell God's plan never changed. A lot of times we'll blame the devil, we'll blame Adam, we'll blame Eve, we'll blame everybody but ourselves because God's plan never changed. God's plan is still for you to not have knowledge of evil, for you to have the knowledge of good and for you to do good all the time and for us to do his will. Now, if we get this revelation, then we'll understand that his plan and his purpose is that for us to walk in dominion in every area of our lives. Now, you always live by this principle that I'm going to show you, uh, share with you. 
You think all the time. Turn to your neighbor and tell you, you think all the time. You think for yourself or you think without yourself. How many of you ever wake up in the middle of the night and you have these thoughts that just go through your mind and you're, you don't even think you're thinking them? They're, they're coming through your mind, whether you're intentionally thinking them or not, the thoughts are coming through there. The thoughts are coming from everywhere. And we can think for ourselves. Or we can allow our mind to think for us. Now, I hope this makes sense to you. How many, how many of you that doesn't make total sense what I just said? It's okay to raise your hand. In other words, if, if you think for yourself, your mind doesn't think for you, you tell yourself what to think. All of you have thoughts that you do not necessarily generate yourself. You with me so far? They just, whoosh, 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 where are these thoughts coming from? They're coming from the world. They're coming from the devil. They're coming from other people. They're coming from things. But if you're thinking for yourself, turn to your neighbor, say new thought. If you're thinking for yourself, you don't have room to think for somebody else. Does that make sense? If it does, shake your head, rattle your head, do something. Because I feel like I'm losing some of you. Does that make sense? I'm a child of God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm blessed coming. I'm blessed going. I don't have time to feel bad about myself. I don't have time to say, oh, well, it's me. This isn't going right. That isn't going right. No, I can generate those thoughts. This isn't going right now. I don't want you to think I'm a hypocrite because some of that I've shared with you just the other day. It's like, this isn't going right. That isn't going right. Da, 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 da. So I'm preaching to myself tonight so you can smile at me and say, I'm sure glad he came. So, but, but <laughs> We've all been there and done that. You know what I'm talking about. This is not going right. Let me see the hands of all the people. You could have a laundry list of 100 things that aren't going right right now. And if you think about it all night long, you go to bed and you feel really great and have a good night's sleep, don't you? No, you don't. You toss, you turn, you wonder about this, you wonder about that. You can't do anything about it if you've already done it. If you could have fixed it, you've already fixed it. You obviously can't fix it. That's why it's bothering you. So why not think about something else? Why not think about, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I have the mind of Christ. I'm blessed coming. I'm blessed going. I am the head. I'm not the tail. God's got a plan for my life. And whatever I speak as an oracle of God in line with God, he will perform his will. See, God has a plan for everything that we face. And if we tune into what God has, then the power of God goes into play. God's power is in his will. And God has a will. God has a will, I believe, for this election. I believe God has a will for America, and it's not what party gets in the White House. He wants America to turn back to him. He wants America to change. It's not politics. It's not even patriotism, although thank God for this country. Thank God for patriotism. It's not about that. It's about Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Are we going to serve Jesus in this country? Are we not? If we're going to serve Jesus, he's going to bless us. And if we're not going to serve us, he's not going to bless us. And I got news for you too. This this is not going to go down easy with some people. We work with Christians United for Israel. And I am supporter of Christians United for Israel. My wife is a supporter. This church is a supporter. And we believe those who bless Israel will be blessed by God. But I'm telling you what, just because you bless Israel, if you turn your back on Jesus in this country and you walk away from our Christian Judeo roots, don't think just because we bless Israel with something here and something there, we're going to be blessed. The blessings of God are going to leave America if we leave the will of God in this country. And we're moving away from it because people are thinking for themselves. So tell your neighbor, stop thinking for yourself. 
What we need to do is determine how do I think like God and speak like God and act like God? Well, the first thing you have to know is what does God think and what does God want you to do? Now, let me show you. It's on your sheet there, but our confession, what we are, are, now your confession starts with your thoughts. Everybody say this, my confession confession. is the seed I sow, sow. and it starts with my thoughts. What you're thinking is planting seeds. I thank God for this weather breaking. Isn't it awesome? Uh, uh, We had our yard last year, we had uh, um, mulch put down. And the guy did it really thick, and he said, if you'll get this kind of mulch, you'll really love it. When it rains, it looks real pretty, and, and it really does. I'm really am glad we did it. But, I, but the mulch was so thick, I hadn't even thought about the perennials that somebody planted, uh, tulips and something else. I don't know what they What is that other thing? Yeah, we're really into landscaping. But anyway, it's yellow. It's a yellow thing. But but what surprised me is that yesterday when I pulled out, this yellow thing is coming up. It has fought its way all the way through all that mulch and everything else probably fighting for its life, but it's alive because of the seed. The seed that was in that ground is still producing after its own kind, and it's, it's up above our mouths, and we're going to have it again this year, whatever the yellow thing is. Is it yellow every year? Yeah. Okay, well, the yellow thing is coming up again, and we're going to have it again. The, 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 the seed, the image in the seed always produces after its own self. So therefore, that thing is going to continue to produce because it was planted in good ground. Now, everything that you do is a seed that you sow. Every thought you think is a seed that you sow that will take root or hopefully a bad seed, it will, it will be pulled out. But if it's not, it's still in you. And I'll give you an example of a little test we can take right now. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got any bad seeds in you? Now, they probably looked at you like I'm not about to tell you, okay? How many of you do things every once in a while that you can't believe that you do it, but it was just like you used to be a long time ago. Or maybe you know somebody like that. Can I see your hand? That's, that's a seed that is in there that if you cultivate it, it'll continue to grow and it'll continue to blossom just like it always did the other day. Thinking about what you told me. But I'm not about to tell them what you heard. Actually, I will. Something happened, and I was explaining to my computer. Actually, it's not mine. Mine is not working. (laughs) So now I'm using my wife's. And I was explaining to my computer what I thought about, what her laptop, what I thought about it. And she said, honey, you shouldn't really be talking that way. And I said, yeah, I I know I shouldn't, but it's exactly how I feel right now. Sometimes we've got to get a grip. And say, am I really walking, talking, and acting like the image of Christ that is in me, conformed to the image of God, so that I am birthing everywhere I go what he wants me to birth? He wanted everyone to be like him, but because of the fall we had to be restored. 
So now he wants everybody to be like Jesus. And the Holy Spirit, everywhere the Holy Spirit is allowed to flow, brings forth the will of God so that we'll be like Christ. Jesus always lifts the name of Jesus. Now, if you think about confession, if I think the right thing and I confess the way God would want me to confess with my mouth and with my thoughts, then the power of God goes into play. The power of God is in his will. And if God has a will that he wants you to perform and to birth on this earth, whether it be for you or your family or someone else, God will show you through his written word and through the current manna by the Holy Spirit what he wants you to think and how he wants you to speak and how he wants you to act. And if we're not careful, will describe all of the problems that are going on instead of speaking forth and birthing the solution. The person who put the flowers, I think it was Debbie, uh, Deb, who planted those flowers, what, 10 years ago? Glory to God, a long time ago. They keep coming back. I love it. But she did the work of putting the seed deep in the ground and now it continues to come back because of the seed that was planted. Now, this is what confession <coughs> means. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't want to get involved too much in just teaching here, but confession or confess is homologio, which is the, the Greek word and the Hebrew word, to, not the, uh, the Hebrew word, to assent, to comply, to be in agreement with. A, it's, the, the root word is a covenant, a binding agreement, promise made uh, by God to man. It is to acknowledge, admit to be true, express emphatic declaration. Everybody say emphatic declaration. How many of you know that to be emphatic is a good thing? I use my little dog as an example. My, my little dog is not like the devil, but, but the devil walks about like a roaring lion. Pam has this little dog, Spanish name Dulcie. She is the sweetest little thing. She has my heart. She really does. <clears throat> but finally, one day I'd had it with what she was doing, and I told her, you've got to go in the kitchen when I tell you to go in the kitchen. Well, she just ran in the kitchen. And got in the kitchen. I thought, whoa, that was really good. I wish we could train Pam like that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but, I, but I, I say kitchen, and the dog went to the kitchen. And uh, I, I, actually, I said, I said, you need to watch this dog, and we need to have training practice. She said, how would you like to get smacked right upside the head? That's exactly what she responded. But, but anyway, so I noticed after a while, this dog is... Uh, uh, we, we let the dog start to sleep with us. Well, the dog likes to sleep with us. And so everyone's supposed to get up in the middle of the night and say, the dog's going back to the kitchen. So the other night, I was, and then I said, Dulcie, I want you to go to the kitchen. And she looked at me, and she'd normally go right to the kitchen. She looked at me, went right back to the bedroom. I thought, what? what? I say kitchen, you go there. I went back in, I said, kitchen. She just looked at me. Kitchen! That dog took off running, got in her bed in the kitchen. I said, mm-hmm. I just had to say it a little bit firmer. Now, sometimes you have to be emphatic with the things of God. You know, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Oh, my goodness. No, you're not. You are hurting. You need to be emphatic with the word of God so that you believe what you think. Turn to your neighbor and say, you will ultimately believe what you think. You'll ultimately believe what you think. That's why you've got to get, Ziegler, Ziegler used to say this all the time, most people need to get a checkup from the neck up because they've got a problem with their mind. They're thinking the wrong thing about themselves. If you think things long enough, you will believe it. 
whether it's good or bad. That's why God never intended for us to know evil. He only intended for us to know good. So when we say the promise, which comes under the root word of confession, is to acknowledge and fully agree. I acknowledge and fully agree that the word of God is truth. And that if I'll think the word and I'll speak the word and I'll act like, everybody say act. You know, we are to mimic God as dear little children. How many of you know that scripture? It's Ephesians. Is it Ephesians 5.1? Can you look it up? Is that right? Ephesians 5.1. Everybody say Ephesians 5.1. Says that I am called to mimic God. Now, in your Bible, it says to act like God, but uh, to be an imitator of God. But what that word means is to mimic. In other words, if God says this, then you say this. If God acts this way, you act this way. Now, we know he sent his son so that we would have an example, a, a closer example to us to live in us by the Holy Spirit. So we know then inherently by the Holy Spirit how I'm supposed to process and how I'm supposed to act about everything. Somebody slaps you on the cheek. What do you do? That was weak, but it was sincere. Somebody slaps you on the cheek. What do you do? You turn the other cheek and then you don't wait to smack that other cheek and say, now I'll deck them. No, that's not how it goes. It means that you do not retaliate against people other than being led by the Holy Spirit. Doesn't mean you hang around with them, but it doesn't mean you retaliate. Now, our confession should be an emphatic thing. I know who I am. How many of you know that some people just seem wimpy? They may have been raised that way, or it may have been because of all they've been through, but mostly it's because of the way they think. That's why when I'm around a, a young, young kids, uh, a lot of times, especially young kids, and uh, I love to shake their hands, I'm not necessarily shaking their hands just to shake their hand. I want to feel their hand. I want to feel that grip. And every once in a while, you have this real wimpy handshake. And I'll say, give me a firmer handshake. And then uh, pretty soon, and now the kids that that has happened to in the church now, I shake hands with them now. I got to make sure I'm ready because they'll squeeze the heck out of my hand. There's a confidence that comes from a handshake that flows from your inner being. I don't know how it works. I just, trust me, I know it works. And that it has a lot to do with self-confidence as to who we are in Christ. I am in Christ. I'm not perfect, but I'm trying to move that direction to do what God has called me to do. If you get a hold of this, then you realize that everything we do, we are to try to imitate God and try to imitate His Son Jesus at the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's easy to do if you want to do it because it means you don't have to think for yourself. You can think like God. What does God want you to be? How does God want you to respond? How does God want you to react to the situation? What is the leading of the Holy Spirit? And then God will show you. Now, in, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, it says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. Years ago, R.W. Schombach, who's in heaven right now, some of you probably never heard of him, but he was a powerful, powerful man of God who came to victory a lot. And, and the first time I ever heard him, he was preaching on violence. And I thought, violence, being violent, being violent. And I'm sitting in the front row going totally over. How many of you feel like you're a violent person? 
not a single person, one of you, okay? I'm sitting there thinking, I'm not a violent person. I'm a lover. I just not like that and all. And then I heard him explain what violence means and what it means in that scripture in the Greek. And in the Greek, it means to be enthusiastic, energetic, alive, and active. Let's all say energetic, Energetic. enthusiastic, Enthusiastic. active, Active. alive. That's what we're supposed to be. Everywhere that we go, we got that enthusiasm. We got that in, in enthusiasm itself is in Theo. It means in God, in the Greek, in God. is In other words, God is in us and we are enthusiastic about the things that God has. We're active, we're energetic, we're alive. We're not looking at being down. We're up all the time and we're excited all the time. And people look at us and they think we're crazy because nothing seems to bother us. Turn to your neighbor to say, does anything bother you? Have you ever heard this? My mom, I, I never knew the def. I still don't know the definition of this. My mom used to say, well, I have a pet peeve. I don't even know what a peeve is. Do you? Anybody know what a peeve is? It's annoying? A peeve means you're annoyed? Ah, you know that, huh? Okay. <clears throat> we don't need it. Turn to your neighbor and tell them we don't need any pet peeves. We just need to say, what, the, what is God's will here? What does he want me to be like? And we're going to be excited about who he's called us to be. Now, from in, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, it said, in Matthew eleven twelve, 12, we just read it. It said, the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. What do we take by force? We take the kingdom of God back from where it has been taken. Matthew 16, 19, Jesus said that he gives us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And what we bind on earth is bound in the heavenlies. What we loose on earth is loosed in the heavenlies. Binding and loosing is talking about he gives us the keys. Everybody say keys. Keys in the Greek represent authority. Jesus restored to us the authority that God wanted mankind to have in the Garden of Eden. We have been given the authority through the blood of Jesus, through the name of Jesus, to proclaim and to come into agreement with God. This is the will of God. Now, you and I both know, does the will of God always come to pass the way he wants it to be? Well, we know that it doesn't. We know that he wants people to come into agreement with his will, but we know that because of mankind and having the knowledge of evil and of self-will, God's plan in the Garden of Eden didn't work out. How many of you got children that haven't worked out exactly the way you thought it would? Well, join God. He had the same situation. He had two children and he gave them one order, one commandment. Don't partake of this tree. And they turned around and did exactly what he told them not to do. And so therefore the whole plan of mankind by God had to change because of disobedience of mankind. Listen, here it is. Always thinking the wrong thing, saying the wrong thing, and doing the wrong thing. In other words, think, speak, act. What happened? Eve should have never dialogued with the devil. 
She should have commanded the devil because God said man had dominion over everything on the face of the earth. She had dominion. Adam had dominion. He was asleep, not guarding the garden. She wasn't doing what she should do because I believe she knew, even though she may have had a second hand, she knew that Adam or she knew somehow she was told, don't do it. But she did it anyway. The more she looked at it, it looked enticing. And all of a sudden, let me see the hands of all the people. You've done things you know before you did them. You shouldn't have done them. You were not deceived. You were just rather stupid. <laughs> hands went down quickly. You can raise them again. <laughs> My hands up too. My hands up. So, see, sometimes we try to blame everything on the devil. Well, I was deceived. You weren't always deceived. Sometimes you were just stupid and did the wrong thing. And you should turn around and say, God, I was stupid because what does Forrest Gump say? Stupid is a second. Stupid is a stupid death. <clears throat> and the Apostle Paul, I think it's 1 Corinthians 12, I'm not sure, says, I desire that you not be stupid. I used stupid one day in a service, and Pam came. Pam said, you shouldn't say stupid to people. And I said, well, I think it's in the Bible. I couldn't remember where the scripture was. And then I went home and I found it. And I said, it's okay. Paul said it. I can say it. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be stupid. Do what God tells you to do so you can be blessed. Every one of us want to be blessed. And it starts with our confession in our mind. Our confession with our lips and then our body follows suit and we do exactly what God has called us to do. Now, in this, uh, the next part here that I want to share with you real quickly, we're going to run out of time. I'm just going to paraphrase all this. Read these seven steps. We should confess always God's word. Don't be speaking and thinking something if it's contrary to the will of God. Who in their right mind would want to think something that is contrary to the will of God? Turn to your neighbor and say, nobody. Nobody Nobody in their right mind. Number two, always hold fast your confession for the solution. Don't be discussing all the problems. I'm telling you, I think there is something inherently, turn to your neighbor and say, he's old. I think there is something inherently wrong with Facebook and the internet when it comes from negativity. I can't put my finger on it. I can't place it. I'm just telling you, I think there's a demonic influence in it. Now, I know everybody's going to go out of here thinking, oh, my goodness, this guy is wacko. But I'm telling you, something is not wrong. When I study the founders of all the high tech, most of them are super progressive liberals. Most of them are not really Christ-centered. There's something isn't right there. I can't put my finger on it, but I just feel there's something not right. I just don't know what it is. You don't have to agree with me. Number three, confess the eternal, not the temporal. See, we look at things sometimes that, it, the, the, is it true that America is having all sorts of problems? Yes, yes, yes. Are we focusing on the problems? Are we focusing on what God's plan is for America. It isn't a party. It isn't, it isn't the person. It's America turning back to fulfill our God-given destiny. Number four, confess by faith. Don't get off of faith. Confess your desire. Speak it forth. Uh, whatever you desire, God, God wants to bless you. Confess like God does. Romans four seventeen. God speaks things that are not as if they were. The confession is the seed that you sow. Galatians 6, 7, and 9. If you'll not lose heart, you will reap in due season. And Mark chapter 4 talks all about the seed that is sown of, of God's Word. 
word. Now, I said all that quickly so that we'd have time to finish this up. One of the most powerful scriptures in the entire Bible for me is the story of Joshua and the story of Caleb and the story of Moses and God's plan and God's purpose for his children to inherit the promised land. And God told them and told them and told them, and I'm paraphrasing all of it. If you'll do what I tell you to do, if you'll prepare yourselves like I tell you to prepare you, I have a promised land waiting for you. And this promised land is full of milk and honey. It's going to be blessed with all of my blessings. And I'm giving you all of this land. All you have to do is listen to me. And do what I tell you to do and follow my leading. And as they came out and as they moved forth into and toward the promised land, everything that God said came to pass. And the blessings of God came upon the children of God, overtook the children of God, and they were blessed continually when they did what God said. And then they got to the edge of the promised land. And God said to Moses, I want you to send in spies. And I want you to look at this beautiful land. And I'm paraphrasing. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's paraphrasing all this. I want you to look at all this beautiful land that I have for you. And I want you to look at everything that you're going to see. And it is just ripe with with all of the blessings of agriculture and everything. And it's going to take care of all of your needs. And you're going to be a great nation in this land. I have prepared the way. I've done everything for you. But I do want you to send out the spies. And I want them to go out and bring back that great report. How many of you realize God's always got a great report? Turn to your neighbor and say, it's always a good report with God. I want you to bring back that good report. I want you to get the people encouraged and I want you to really get them fired up because when I give the order, you're going into the promised land and everything is going to be taken care of for you because I love you. I've given you this land. It is my will. All you got to do is line up and be one with me and speak and think like I'm speaking and thinking and do what I tell you to do. It's all yours. So the 12 spies go out. And they come back. And all 12 of them see the same thing. All 12 of them see the same thing. Why is it some people can see the problems and some people can see the solutions, but not everybody sees the same thing? But we, I mean, we do see the same thing, but we identify it differently. Some people are just seemingly negative all the time. I see the problems in life versus I see the solution in life. The solution in life is the Word of God, the leader in the Holy Spirit, but the problems are out there. If you want to find problems, you can find problems. You will attract everything that you think. Turn to your neighbor and say, it was worth the price of admission. You will attract everything that you think. Everything that you think, you are attracting. It's like that little, uh, you know how you wear black? How many of you know what I'm talking about black? There's nothing wrong with wearing black, but there's certain kinds of fabric that wears black that all the lint in the house comes on you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's like you got to walk around with a lint brush all day long. You know, zoop, like, I've got some black thing there like that. You ever have that happen to you? And, and so what happens is we, we attract the blessings of God. So anyway, the 12 spies, They go out, they all see the same thing, and they come back. Now, these are leaders. These are hand-proven leaders who supported Moses and were led to believe, supported God, and came into agreement with God. But they came back. And ten of the spies said, whoa, 
we got some serious problems. Now, you're not going to see it exactly like that. But it said, we got some serious problems here. There are giants, descendants of Anak in the land. There are fortified cities. We got major problems. There is no way I can figure out, or we 10 can figure out how we can overcome them. We got to go back somewhere else because this isn't working. They saw exactly what Caleb and Joshua saw. They even said, yeah, we saw the fruit. We brought it back. We got, we got examples of all the fruit and all the blessings that God wants to give us, but we can't do it. And Caleb and Joshua came back and they said, well, yeah, 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 we, we saw the same thing, but we can do it. And this is what I want to end with tonight. In Numbers chapter 13, verse 30 and verse 31 are two of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible. The ten spies said, we are not able. And they shared that with all the people, and all the people turned on the will of God. And they never went into the land the way God wanted them to. Two people, Joshua and Caleb, said, we are well able. Four words to the negative, we are not able. Four words to the positive in line with the will of God, we are well able. And it changed the destiny of all of mankind. Why? Because of confession, they saw something with their mind, and instead of only looking at the will of God, they looked at the problem. Instead of looking at what God said, they tried to determine, how could I do what I need to do because of what I see? They didn't stay focused on the will of God and the Word of God. And it cost them. Only Joshua and Caleb and those under 21 went into the promised land. Why? Because they separated themselves from God. You separate yourself from the will of God through the confession of your thoughts and the confession of your mouth. And the problems that you will face will be multiplied over and over again. But if you will discipline yourself, everybody say discipline. discipline. Turn to your neighbor say you have it. If you'll discipline yourself to think like God, speak like God, act like God, all of the blessings of God will come upon you and overtake you. Why? Because He wants to bless you. Let's stand to our feet. God wants us to walk in authority on this earth, to proclaim the will of God. And no matter what we see, there will be things that you will see out there well, you know, you see them. All you got to do is look at First Timothy, Second Timothy, and look at the look at the Book of Revelations, and look at what Jesus said is coming. It's coming on this earth. But you and I are oracles to rescue as many people as we can in these days that we have left on this earth before the rapture of the church and to let them know that God loves them, God's got a plan for their life, and that as we're running this race, I don't know when the rapture's coming, but I do know that I believe exactly what John Hagee says when he preaches. He said the rapture could happen any day. That rapture could happen any day. If you knew that the rapture of the church was going to come tomorrow, who would you call tonight? If you knew it was going to come next week, who would you call and what would you be doing the rest of the week? We would be telling people about the Lord. We would be showing people how God is loving them, caring for them and wanting the very best for them. And we would want to be in the race doing what God has called us to do for the rest of our lives to accomplish His plan and His purpose so that someday we would hear, 
well done, my good and faithful servant. Everything needed in the body of Christ has been provided by Jesus Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit. You and I are to walk on this earth with power, authority, and dominion. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I know Pam prayed for everybody just a moment ago, but maybe some of you came in after the service started, after communion. The most important question you'll ever answer is, do you know where you'll spend eternity? And if you're here tonight and you're not sure, let's, let's make that, let's, let's take care of that. Jesus is the answer, but you have to open your heart. Maybe you're here and you're like that prodigal son, prodigal child. You've walked away from the things of God. If that's you and you know your life is not right with God, I want to pray for you. I'm going to ask you just to slip your hand in the air and we're going to pray. Is there anyone at all you'd say, I I know my life is not right. I know I need to come back to the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, while we're still in prayer, how many of you are here and you would say, it's probably all of us, but how many of you here and you would say, I think I can do a better job of thinking the way God wants me to think. Can I see your hands? How many of you think you could do a better job of saying, that I need to confess out my mouth the way God would have me to confess. Can I see your hands? Now let's all pray this prayer right now. Lord, forgive me for not thinking the way you would have me to think and for not speaking the way you would have me to speak so that my confession would be in agreement with you. The true desire of my heart is to think like, speak like, and act like you. I find it difficult sometimes. But this I know. If you told me I could do it, the issue is settled. I can do it. Help me to be self-disciplined and self-controlled through the fruit of your Holy Spirit to be everything that you desire for me to be so that I can make a difference. I love you and I desire to serve you. Everybody that said that and believed that said Amen. Now, we are called to be steadfast One more time. One more time. Let's give the Lord a hand. Go and be blessed.